Welcome back to the Face Your Freedom Show, where we bring you the resources, mindset, and strategies to build a life of freedom. I'm your host, James Weston, and today's episode is all about e-commerce, selling products online. Our guest today is Hannah Gardner. Hannah is the owner of Views & Co., an online store that focuses on fast fashion and selling its products through Etsy and Shopify. Hannah's store has been open less than two years now, and she is already doing well over $100,000 a month in sales. So Hannah is an expert when it comes to selling products online, and she shares with us all the different things you need to know about getting started, the different types of stores that you can own, how to scale quickly, some of the difficulties that come with owning an online store, and a whole lot more. If you've been considering getting involved in the e-commerce space, this episode is definitely for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm super excited to talk to you today. Super stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, one of the reasons why I'm super excited to talk to you, not only that you're a genius when it comes to e-commerce, digital marketing, but you're one of the realest people that I know, to be honest. I don't know if I ever told you that, but <laughs> I talk to you, just like tell me everything. You're just super open about everything. So that's kind of what I'm expecting from you on this episode. Um, but anyway, so for people that don't really know you that well, why don't you give us a quick background of who you are, how you got into e-commerce, digital marketing, and then we'll jump into your business and all that kind of stuff. How about that? Sure, for sure. So yeah, I am, I'm in deep right now into the e-commerce world, but originally I, you know, started like many of us doing a bunch of weird things on the internet, trying to make money as I'm like graduating college and trying to figure out like what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And so, you know, diving in, I, long story short, just started teaching myself a bunch of stuff about digital marketing after I tried to do the drop shipping route side of e-commerce, which I'm sure we've like all tried to do that. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, that kind of led me into this digital marketing world where I just kind of started networking with people and getting into masterminds and meeting some people that are like really crushing it in the agency space. And so, you know, I, for a few years, I was really in trying to build an agency, um, basically a local lead, like a local lead gen agency for like plastic surgeons and doctors and stuff in the medical niche, basically. Hmm. And totally bombed at that kind of, <laughs> but yeah, I ended up getting some clients that were mostly in the back commerce niche. So um, yeah, from there, I kind of just, started working with a lot of e-commerce store owners and started diving into the back ends of like their businesses and kind of just learning like what not to do, but also what to do. Like, gotcha. Um, that. And so then, yeah, from there, I, I just honestly was not a good fit for agency work. Like I was not good at it. I didn't know how to have a good a relationship with my clients where I wasn't like the authority of their business. I was like kind of more their friend. So I kind of just said, peace out to all my clients. And then I was like, all I need to do is find some products and I can do this for myself. And so then I found some products and I have my stock. <laughs> and about wow. to launch another one. So yeah. About to launch another one. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you're you uh you don't have a degree in e-commerce. I don't even know if that exists. Um yeah. you you really you learned on the battlefield basically. So you went out there and were just trying different things, trying different masterminds, speaking to the right people and just figured it out as you went, basically. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely, um, I studied hospitality in college, so. Okay. Yeah. A, little, a little different. <laughs> I basically just partied for four years. So, yeah. <laughs> touche, touche. Cool. So 
let me ask you this. A lot of people, you know, all day you see ads for, you know, start this e-commerce store, you know, Amazon FBA, drop shipping, you know, all these different Shopify, all that kind of stuff, right? So there's just a flood of information out there. What are the biggest things to watch out for? What are the biggest mistakes that people make when they're getting started? Give us a little bit of navigating the course just from like step, step one. Yeah, definitely. I actually just made a video kind of talking about this in my YouTube channel. Um, so e-commerce in general kind of like exploded and like that word, the drop shipping word, which I'm sure if you're wanting to get an e-commerce, like one those are like one of the first words that pop up on the internet when you type in that keyword e-commerce, right? Or how to start an e-commerce store or how to get into online business, whatever. And so like five years ago, some people learned that method of drop shipping and made really quick money really fast. And it's like, the, the percentage of people that were those rich, get rich quick people um, kind of like tainted the whole industry with this like get rich quick mentality of like, you just launch a Facebook ad and then all of a sudden you're a fucking millionaire and like <laughs> it just happens like that. But it's not that. And the people that talk about it in that way are like the 0.0001% of people that just really hit the lottery with a product and a copy and a creative and it just like went viral on the internet. But what people don't realize is like behind that, that same person maybe had to test like 300 products before they found that winning product that made them, you know, X, Y, Z amount of monies and all these things. So the the biggest like misconception, that was the question, the biggest misconception or the biggest. Yeah. Just some, some of the things that like people just, you know, when they get started in this, they just get fooled. Yeah. So it's that, it's that narrative of like, because even people will ask me and be like, oh, well, like, I just want to do as little as work as possible and like make my money. And I just want this to be like a side hustle. And like, the reality is like, that's just like not the narrative for like any business model. And if like, that's your mentality, you're going to have, a, it's, it's going to extend, it's going to make your journey into like actually finding success that much longer because you're going to be like, roaming around in like the bullshittery <laughs> doing mm-hmm. like half-ass businesses until like you realize like eh, it doesn't really work like that and like you actually have to like source products properly have a good manufacturer have good customer service have good funnels have good landing pages have good co- like it, it it's all those things just like if you were gonna open an offline store right you you wouldn't put up a shitty sign or have dirty windows or like have shitty employees like you would run a real business. So it's it's no different online. It's just your reach can be a lot bigger and you can make a lot more money than an offline business, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Okay. So if someone's like trying to get started in this, right, the first thing is obviously making sure you got the expectations correct, which is this is not a get get rich quick scheme. This is not like, you know, put up put up a web page and then become a millionaire kind of thing. Um, what What is the beginning steps? Is it you know, getting a course, how do you get educated in this? How do you look for the right mentor? How do you filter through all the noise? Yeah, so there's a lot, like with that being said, yeah, there's like a lot of stuff on the internet that's like, especially when you start searching e-commerce and stuff, you're gonna get hit with people's ads, trying to sell you digital products and stuff. Um, not saying that you can't take a course or something. I never took one for e-commerce just because I already had the digital marketing background, but um if you do go the course route, just make sure it's like really reputable. Like you have talked to somebody about it. They've been through the course or, you know, whatever. Actually, that's a lie. I did take one course when I first, first started and it taught me a lot about ads. It didn't prom, it didn't, you know, 
it was very misleading, like, especially with the marketing and like what the outcome of the course would have been, but it did teach me something. So even if you buy a course, you're going to learn something either way, but there's also just like a lot of free information on YouTube and like on the internet, basically mm -hmm. like every time you have an obstacle, every time you have a question about something, right? Like you can, that's a Google search. That's a YouTube search, right? Like the answer will be found somewhere. Um, but it's just, especially in the beginning, it is a little tough to differentiate it from like real facts versus like, I'm just trying to sell you this like kind of scammy course or, or whatever. But I mean, we've all bought courses. Right. <laughs> Everybody has. Sure, so. sure, sure. Is there any like specific mentors that you like or YouTube channels besides your own, which we're going to tell people about in a little bit, um, that you would recommend kind of just for learning about this? I really, honestly, the couple... I don't even do Amazon. Um, this is kind of like not even a great answer because I really don't watch anybody like anymore. I was watching a lot of people back, back, way back. Well, I guess not that far back, but <laughs> like I was like following like the Mike Vasile and like what's his name, Andrew something. I don't know, but okay. those people are so. But now it's just so different. I wouldn't even like have great recommendations of who to watch now, but I know who I'm going to watch when I because I am going to start getting into Amazon, and that's mm -hmm. that it's this girl Tatiana James and she's like, I don't know, her Amazon sort of like something like 200,000 a month or something. But I've been following that girl since like, I don't know, so many years ago and I've never even done Amazon, but she's like legit. She gives away a lot of free con like value about Amazon on her channel, but awesome. my channel as well. My channel talks about e-commerce. <laughs> and what, what's your channel? It's just about. my name, Hannah Garner. <laughs> okay, so if you guys want to learn more about specifically what Hannah does, it's just her name, Hannah Gardner. Yeah. Um, guys, so tell me this, Hannah, and you know, you're, we're talking about Amazon versus, we're going to talk about Etsy in a little bit versus Shopify versus all these different platforms that you can sell on, right? Mm -hmm. um, I personally have an Amazon store. It's completely outsourced. I partnered with a company that does it. But how did you kind of decide to get into the Etsy space slash Shopify space? Why was that your choice? Or was it kind of like trial and error and eventually got there? Yeah, so Etsy is like, if I had to like write like the hardest to the easiest, like Etsy is like e-commerce for like big dummies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I mean, I love etsy i etsy was my first like success with e-commerce but well how i got into it was because when i was doing agency work one of my clients like her main first mainstream of revenue was through her etsy account and so i was like hmm, what is this etsy isn't this just like a bunch of old ladies or some shit and mm -hmm. so then i started going into it and i was like oh my god this is like a little gem like a lot of people shop on etsy and it's like a lot of really great sellers and they're just known overall for having really reputable suppliers and, you know, sellers. So I was like, dang, I can do something with this. So then I got on Etsy with my store and that was, it just did great. And then there's a lot of little hidden ways that I leveraged that to drive traffic to off of Etsy into my Shopify store, which really kickstarted my whole brand. So hmm. yeah, great. I, I love Etsy. And then, and then I would say the next hardest would be eBay. And then above that would probably be Amazon. And then above that would be, I mean, I don't know Amazon for sure, but anything that like the traffic's already inside the platform, it tends to be a lot easier than driving cold traffic to like a website. So then I would say driving traffic to a website is probably the next most difficult. Which would be like your own Shopify store or WooCommerce or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like your own URL, everything. So. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. And so when you're talking about 
like your Etsy store. Actually, let's take a step back first for people that don't know about Etsy, right? Because I've actually, I've actually had a few people that reached out to me like artists this year. They were like, I don't know where to sell my paintings and my arts and craft stuff. And I'm just like, have you ever heard of Etsy? And they're like, what the heck is Etsy? So I'm like, yeah. people, people still don't know about Etsy for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's like a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company has massive, massive customer base. Um, can you give us like a, a quick background of what you would describe Etsy as, as, as a marketplace? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like shopping from like Whole Foods or something. It's just like very, everything's like a pop shop, but that's why there's just so much opportunity as well right now, because for no number of reasons, well, like if you looked at like Etsy shop or even like Shopify, like stock in the last like year, it's just like skyrocketed because of coronavirus. Everyone's shopping online now. They're it's bringing a whole new, you know, at like customer avatar to the internet of people buying online that have never made purchases online. So mm -hmm. this gem, and then on top of it, Etsy is like that. It's what it's this mom and pop, most people making stuff out of their home. And so even if you like, for instance, like I'm not hand making my products, but I am designing my products. I am manufacturing my products, right? So it still makes you eligible to sell on Etsy. So for artists, for leather makers, for people that make custom cars, for people that sew all these things, it's like such a great little, like little hidden gem because the people, the demographic of the people that do sell on Etsy for at the time of making this video tend to be people that are just, they don't really know how to really fully utilize the, the platform, even though it's like so, so easy. And then mm. on top of it, Etsy recently just partnered with some tech guy that just, exploded their ads and like made this insane like AI that is like a Facebook pixel, but on steroids for Etsy users. So like if you want to run ads with Etsy, it's like, <laughs> like compared to running ads on like Facebook or Instagram or some third party platform, running ads on Etsy is so easy and it's so easy to manage versus like, you know, doing it somewhere else. So that's why Etsy is like so great and you know hopefully it doesn't get too saturated but you know everything will eventually so you good time to get in now with basically the bottom line. Gotcha. So you got in pretty much at a perfect time. Um tell me first, you know, what what has been so far when did you start your actual Etsy store officially? How long ago? It was July, like the beginning of July of 2019. So it's only been open for like a little bit over a year. Um, wow, okay. And and what has been your best month so far? in terms of like total revenue, total sales? With Etsy, we did, I think in August, we did like 104,000 just on Etsy. Wow, that's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, are you, you're not drop shipping. You are like, you have people yeah. that are, you know, manufacturing, hand making some of your products. What exactly, tell us a little bit about your store. What do you sell? How does that all, you know, go from the storefront to actual someone's house? Tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah, so we manufacture a lot of jewelry. We manufacture bathing suits, hair accessories. Um, you know, it's like a little like an Urban Outfitters, but if it was just for like your accessories or something, I would compare it to like a Free People or something, but only online. Mm. Um, so yeah, basically, you know, you design stuff. Uh, or you pay someone to help you design stuff. <laughs> and um, yeah, I have two girls that do the fulfillment every day for me in the office. Um, so yeah, we order the products or we go pick them up in Miami at the warehouses and then we bring them 
to my office and then yeah we just our little elves and we do our fulfillment every day and <laughs> it is. it's not rocket science gotcha. but, so but you're, you go ahead sorry oh no i'm just saying yeah but it's fun and super easy so <laughs> so your your two fulfillment girls as well as you are, are actually like making trips to the post office mailing stuff you know a couple times a week and all that you're fulfilling orders in-house every, every day every single day <laughs> every single day wow that's so cool okay gotcha um what's the hardest part about your business customer service for sure okay customer service once you so yeah i mean a hundred thousand dollars worth of customer service that's like you're selling at least a thousand units per week of just something right so imagine one out of every 10 of those orders oh i put the wrong address oh actually can i i bought the wrong thing can i exchange this for this oh um mm. oh, actually like I'm, i don't live at you know this location i actually need to cancel and buy like it's just like customer service <laughs> it's sure. not that it's hard it's just time consuming luckily I have another girl that does my customer service for me. So that like, I mean, I could, if I really wanted to, I could sit at my computer all day and just do customer service. Wow. Okay. If Sounds I like a lot of logistical <laughs> stuff, right? That? Yeah. Just a lot of logistics, like changing addresses, like messed up there. Got to switch this in the computer, stuff like that. Like if we mess something up, um, then like, you know, we got to fix it. We have to send replacements. If, uh, another big thing that we get is like mess ups with the office, like, I don't know. Sometimes uh, packages get packages normally never really get lost in the mail. People either put the wrong address or there was a storm and the flight couldn't take off. So there was delays and, you know, they want to they're always going to come and complain to you instead of like the carrier. So that's always something that we have to like try to help them with, even though in the fine print, like we're really not liable for that, but like, we're not gonna be assholes. So <laughs> we like, we do what we can to like help them find their items. Nice. Okay. Gotcha. So for you, right, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you can tell that Hannah has a lot of experience, knows what she's doing here. What are some of the mistakes that you made either in the Etsy business or even before that, when you're just getting started, what are the biggest mistakes you personally made? What are some of the biggest obstacles that you had to get over whether it's in your business, whether it's just mentally for yourself. Yeah, for sure. So any like little minor setbacks, like like physical setbacks with my business, like looking back, like I don't really classify those as like failures or like like setbacks at all, honestly, because all those little moments of like, wow, I spent money here and wasted money or wow, I should have done this like this and it would have made this whole system more, you know, reliable, whatever, like all those little things, like looking back, we were like, so part of the process. But one of the biggest like setbacks that I, you know, put my own self through, like it was totally my fault was, uh, I just like had a, such a strong ego of like, um, uh, ego kind of drove my businesses like uh, at all costs until I hit a point of like, wow, this is actually inhibiting me from moving forward or growing as a business owner. Um, where like I was afraid of like looking bad in front of my friends and family or like, like I could have started this store so many months, months before, but like I didn't really believe that I could do it because I wasn't creative enough. And I was just a, my own bully kind of in a way where mm. like, um, I was so afraid of like it not working out or like failing per se or whatever I thought that meant, <laughs> like that I kind of like 
would go around all these weird paths to try to avoid the thing that I actually knew that I should have been doing. Um, just all out of like fear of like maybe disappointing my parents or like not just a shallow egotistical thing, right? That like I cared so much and like I wanted to make sure that everyone thought that I was like crushing it, even though during the agency route and during, you know, all these other weird things that I tried, like I actually really was like not crushing it. And I was like having anxiety every day and having panic attacks all the time. <laughs> and just like a lot of just like self-induced like bullshittery where I was like, looking back at my journey to like, you know, finding the success that I was looking for, like it would have come that much faster if I just like dropped the ego and just like went for it. And, you know, and that. Wow. That so much. About <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I totally know what you mean. I think everyone knows what you mean. I mean, I think we all definitely go through that. I'm curious because like the funny thing is I see you as like the opposite. Like you're so like forthcoming. You're always just like you, sometimes you're self-deprecating. You're just all these different things. You're just real. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm wondering like, what was your process to get over that ego stuff and just be like, Hey, I am what I am. I'm, you know, I am where I am in my path and that's just me and it's cool. I think like, so while, you know, I was living down in Columbia, I think when I came home and I moved back in with my parents, it was kind of like a, I don't know. It was just such a trip for me. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I, I've been graduated for only eight months at that point, probably, or a year. I don't know. Like not that long, but I was just like, for me in my mind, it was just like the end of the world. And like, mm. I wouldn't ask for help. Like if someone like, <laughs> like I could not ask for help, I would not ask for money, like whatever. I was just lucky that I like, they let me live with them, but it was just such an ego trip where I was just like in this like panic where it just made me take I hit a point where it was just like, it didn't even matter what I did. Like I just had to get out of the situation and like my situation wasn't even bad, but it was, it's just crazy. Like the fucked up the, like stuff that your mind tells you. Like I had a roof over my head. I was living with my parents. Like I could eat. I was broke. I hardly had a car, but it's like, I just like focused on all these negative things that on one side were just like, so just so toxic mindset but at the same point it like it made me move that much faster to like get to the next thing and the next thing where i just hit rock bottom to a point where like i just didn't even care what i looked like i didn't care who was talking shit about me i didn't care about any of it i was just like something is gonna hit like i remember one time i spent like i spent like four days cold calling like 700 plastic surgeon offices and like just <laughs> just weird stuff or like making webinars on how to land like I don't know, just just absurd things that are just like, wow, that's crazy. But I just didn't even care at that point. But um, I feel like the journey would have been a lot smoother. It would have been, it didn't have to be so like anxiety induced. Like that was a me thing, you know, but I made it that journey because I was just like, I wanted to find success. And then it's like, well, what is success actually? Like, right. What is my, my false definition of like what success is? So yeah. Mm. All those wow. Things. Wow. That's so cool. I, I didn't know a lot about that. Like a lot of that about you. That's really, really cool. Um, I held it in really tight. Marissa didn't even know, but I was just like, not even in Columbia, I was just like, not good. It was like, it's so, I don't know. I was comparing myself every day to other people. It was just, I don't know. It's just, it's a very like 21st century, like entrepreneur, like just, naive mindset that I had, I guess. I don't know. So, so what's, what's the new mindset now? 
right? And I think you hinted at a lot of, a lot of the different pieces of it in, in your story, but like nowadays, what's the mindset that allowed you to go, you know, to a six figure per month business, take all the knowledge that you had, you know, been building up for the last few years and actually create something real with it? What do you think was like the mindset shift overall? Or what do you tell yourself every day? Yeah, the mindset now is like, I'm just, it's like a conscious awareness of, of self and just like, what am I waking up and giving gravity to in my life? And like, what actually like fucking matters? Like, even if I lost everything tomorrow, like I can't lose the knowledge that I gain. So like, I guess that only comes with like the confidence building of actually doing the thing where you're not waking up in panic every day because now I know like, okay, well, even if I lost everything, like I know how to do it again, right? And so I guess if I, so I was telling my old me, like, hey, like chill like the fuck out, like it would be like, no, like this is all necessary. Like this is all part of the process. Like this failure, that thing, you know, building thicker skin to, you know, not give a fuck what people think about you, whatever, like all that is like necessary. And without all that uncomfortableness, like it would have never got you to, it's never, you're never going to get to the other side. Right. So you have to like go, everybody has to go through that weird, like limbo period of like unknown. And so maybe if my mentality back then was like, Hey, like, no, you're not failing. You're not looking stupid. You really shouldn't care that much, even if you are, because you have to go through this. Like, there's no other way. Like, it's you have to go through this process to get to the next thing, to get you to the next thing. So I feel like my relationship with myself and failure was a lot different. It, like, would have not only, like, expedited my journey, but, like, I also just wouldn't have made it such a miserable process. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really, like, trusting in the process. And just like trusting in yourself and just knowing that like, okay, you know, there's going to be ups and downs here. There's going to be probably, you know, there's going to be this rock bottom and I'm going to jump off of it and all that. But it's a lot easier to say that once you've been through it, right. not, while you're, not while you're going through it. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, hard, it's a lot easier to like, I mean, like, back, like I could have like shook myself and told myself my old self that, but like, would I actually listen? Maybe. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, so I want to transition because I know a lot of people reach out to you about e-commerce stuff and, you know, I, I'm sure you get all different kinds of messages and stuff like that. What are some of the things that people, you know, come, come to you? Like, what are some like bad ideas or like things that people think are going to work and you're just like, no, 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 just don't, don't like, you know, how do you judge a good idea versus a bad idea in the e-commerce space? Yeah. So the, the a common thing that I see in people when people are like talking to me about e-commerce or starting something online not even e-commerce just in general it's like they're thinking about problem a hundred when it's like you should be thinking like almost smaller like you're you're thinking you're thinking and worrying and planning for things that like you're not even like at step one yet like why are you talking about like step 100 right mm -hmm. and so like an example of that would be like i don't know somebody that is coming from I don't know, maybe a corporate background or they just have this like grand idea of like that they want to reinvent the wheel on this new niche or something. And they're like making it so much harder for them for themselves than it like it needs to be, if that makes sense. So I'm trying to think. OK, so, well, first, let's break it into like two things. Right. So the first thing really is like 
everybody thinks that they have like the greatest, the best, and the newest idea for like some new thing. And there's a difference between reinventing the wheel and just replicating what's like already working. And so where I've picked up something that's really worked for me is like just doing something that's like, I already know it's working. I already know my products are selling online. I already know, like I already know it's going to work, right? Because other people are doing it. But a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs in theory or whatever are like, oh, well, I have this new thing that's just like totally different than the market's ever seen. And the issue with that is that when you're first starting out and you have no money, um, you have no experience, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about, right? And now you're going to come and enter a marketplace that you know nothing about. And you're going to come into the marketplace with this new grand idea of changing the wheel of how things are normally done, right? So like if you wanted to reinvent like a new type of dog product right that like no one's ever seen like no one's ever heard of it's just something like far out that like maybe it's fixing a problem maybe it's not who who the fuck knows right but you're like i have this idea i'm gonna execute on it okay great Mm -hmm. so the issue with that especially when you're broke and you have no money is that not only are you going to spend that amount with much more money inventing the thing like going to china or going to south america getting this thing manufactured paying for engineers spending all this extra money just on the product itself. Now, on top of it, what you have to realize is because nobody knows who the fuck you are and because the marketplace has never seen something like this before and you're trying to enter it, you're going to spend triple the amount of money marketing whatever the fuck you're trying to sell. And then... Educating the marketplace. Educating the marketplace and proving yourself that there's an actual need for whatever it is that you have to sell, right? So it doesn't matter if like you're curing cancer. Like if no one knows who the fuck you are and like what you're selling then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. And Mm so actually my (laughs) stepbrother, he is like experiencing this now. He, it's like a long story, but it's that story time and time again of these people that are like, I have this great idea. I'm going to change. They're like the shark tankers of like the industry. Like it's really, really hard to do that. It's not impossible. You just have to know what you're up against. And if you already don't have money, then it's, there's an easier way to go about it. Whereas if you just, kind of replicate what's already happening and what's already working and then build some capital, then take that capital and go back and reinvest on reinvest on that idea or that thing that's going to change the space because now you already have a customer base. Now you're already in the niche. Now you already know the needs, wants, fears, and goals of that marketplace, right? And how to market it. Now going off and spending the money on reinventing something and putting that back into your store is like, you know, your chances of actually being successful at it are that much higher than you know, having this really high burn rate and like going through all your cash in the beginning. So that's like the biggest thing that I see with people that are like, I want to invent this thing or I want to be an entrepreneur. And it's like, no, you need to think almost smaller first. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So that's that. And then also just going back to the whole like corporate idea of people, like they just like start worrying or start like bringing up questions or, you know, strategy that's just like beyond where they're even at it's like no you need to understand how to drive traffic to your store first before you start asking those questions or like just like think of like step one step two step three not step you know 1000 or whatever but yeah totally i agree so much and like you know when people come to me and they're like you know i have this this new invention and i want to start this new business model that's never been heard of and all this stuff and i'm like is this your first business or like yeah this is it's gonna we're gonna kill it i'm like 
why don't you start with a, like a, a beaten path? You know, something right. that has been proven successful for many different people that there's a model for it. There's mentors for it. There's like, there's a market for it. That's guaranteed then become successful at that, learn all your business skills and then great, go invent something, go create something new. Like once you have the resources, the knowledge and the experience to do that. Exactly. And it's like, right. And it's like, if you have all the resources, the knowledge, then sure, go for it. But like, if you don't like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like trying to start a beauty salon, but like not knowing how to cut hair, like you can do it. Like, sure. But like when something goes to shit, are you going to understand how to fix it? Probably not, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Mm -hmm. So going back to like square one, right? I want to give some people some like tangible, actionable advice on on this, right? If someone wants to, you know, whether it's a Etsy store, I know you also have the Shopify store, which we can talk about how you leverage both of those together. Um, But if someone's just starting like at like square one and they're like, I want to start an Etsy store, I'm super creative. I, you know, how did you choose your niche? How do you choose your products? What are just some basic tips on how to get started on Etsy if you wanted to? Yeah, for Etsy, um, it's more like handy maker stuff. So like I would go the Etsy route, like if it's like you're making something or you're like manufacturing, overseeing the manufacturing yourself, which for the most part, you can do that with like any kind of product, home good, whatever, jewelry, accessory. I don't know. You can make coasters, whatever. Um, But yeah, when it comes to just that Etsy in general, or honestly, like Shopify as well, it's kind of like a numbers game of how many products that you have up. So like you can't launch like 10 products and be like, okay, I'm going to be like a millionaire. Like, no, like that's not a, an accurate data sample to really start building momentum within your store. It's really get your first 25 products up. Okay. Now you have 25 products, get your next 25 products up. Now you have 50 products. Try to get like, you want at least a hundred to 150 SKUs of products within your store. And after you have like at least, you know, 40, 50 products in your store, then you'll start seeing momentum and then you can start playing with data and the keywords and like really start seeing what's working and what's not working. And then basically it's kind of just like, um, a puzzle from there. It's like you, you start getting, you know, hints on what's working, what's, what's not working. And you kind of just follow the cues and then you just kind of, you know, keep making, you know, decisions based off of like the data that's being given back to you. So, but really, really it's get your products, get good product shots and start listing as many products as you can. And maybe even the same product twice, but just like in bundle packs or different variations or in different sets or like whatever the case may be. But just gotcha. that's the first real first thing. So minimum 25 products, really you want to be at like 100, 150. How many are you in your store? I have 180 SKUs of products. Right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then let me ask you this, the drop shipping model, you don't do it. Obviously, you know all about it. Why don't you do it? Um, drop shipping is like, if you can find a really reputable manufacturer that's willing to, you know, do really great, you know, customer service time, like fulfillment time, I'm sorry. Um, the product's great. The packaging's good. And then the shipping time is not forever. If you can find all those things, plus make a profit after taxes and fees and product costs and marketing costs and all these things, if you can find that formula, then sure go for it. <laughs> but it's mm. really hard to find that formula. And it's really hard to find it where it works. And not only where it works, but it's like in a niche that like 
you're it's like you're kind of interested in it right because like you don't want to just want to like start launching shopify stores when it's like you don't really care about the industry that you're selling in because it's like you're you're gonna get burnt out so fast especially when it's customer service and people are bitching at you because their package is taking seven days instead of three days or, or whatever the case might be you really want to if you're going to do a business and you're going to do it well you should at least do it in something that like you can you know at least give two shits about <laughs> so gotcha. me i know you asked me this question i didn't answer it before like mine was really backwards like i didn't really have a specific niche that i was like passionate about per se because i was just coming from the digital marketing world where i just knew i hated client work and i just was not good at dealing with clients right so it wasn't that like oh i have this product or this i'm really interested in this niche let me launch a store it's like okay well i know how to do e-commerce now but i just need things to sell but with that being said, I picked things that I knew the industry. Like I knew, I knew a lot about fast fashion from working with other clients and I like fast fashion, fast fashion. And I like doing the creative work behind it. Like I love doing the photography and I like doing photo shoots and like, you know, doing graphic design and stuff like that. So I excelled in that area because I, I, I can at least do the bare minimum to get by to know that I can keep up with all my competition. Right. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. So going off of that, like choosing a niche that you're actually interested in slash passionate about, right? I want to do like a little example if you're cool with that. So yeah. I have I have a, a really good friend of mine. He's a incredibly talented carpenter, right? He's super, super good with creating things out of wood, right? As well as other stuff. But specifically, he's incredibly good with wood. He has one product right now, which is kind of like a, a coaster that has a charger in it, right? It's like one of the wireless chargers slash coffee coaster type things. Um, you would suggest that he goes out there and finds another 20, 25 products, give or take, to also create. Find those through competitors, find those from other stores. How do you come up with those ideas? And then what's the next step once you figure out the 25? Yeah, so whatever like woodworking that he's excelling in, whatever it's chargers, coasters, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would do like a generic Google search. And see like what are the first things that are popping up because those are kind of good key indicators that like maybe that's what's working and then i would also go to like amazon i would also you know any like search engine etsy is a search engine amazon's a search engine if you're going to be selling on etsy go to etsy um keyword search things that you think could be winning and then you'll normally be able to tell if it's a winning product if it it will tell you if it's a winning product because it will say (laughs) bestseller or right have 150 reviews so that means people are buying it right so that means that you can sell the same thing if you can make it or get it from somewhere right so you know i just look what everyone else is doing and you can tell if it's working because the internet's going to tell you that this product's been purchased you know 200 times and it has this many reviews and it's a bestseller or it's sitting in 20 people's carts you know so mm-hmm. you know that's what that's what i do when i do my my research on products Awesome. Okay. And then step two. So you're going to take really nice photos of these, right? That's really big, big thing is having really good photos, um, setting up your description, setting up the actual, you know, product page, any tips on that? Yeah. So with the intern with Etsy specifically, it's all just about your keywords. So, um, yeah, in testing the keywords. And so with Etsy, you put in your titles, your tags, your descriptions, right? Use all the keywords that you can, optimize it as much as you can with as many keywords as possible. And then as that listing starts accumulating data, there's an analytics side of your Etsy account where that's where you go back and you say, okay, 
these keywords are winning. These keywords are wasting the impressions. Let's drop these keywords. Let's test out new ones. And basically that's all Etsy is. It's that simple. As far as Amazon, I don't know. I've never really done Amazon. I know it's a little bit more complex, but, and then Shopify, it's like way more complex, but, um, mm. but yeah, with Etsy specifically, it's literally that easy. It's literally testing two things. You're testing keywords and your photo and your photo, basically that's it. And so with, other platforms, you're like, you have like 20 million variables that you're testing. But with this, it's literally just those two things. So very, very cool. So tell me this, let's talk a little bit about the Etsy paid search, right? Because you, you were saying earlier that there's a like brand new algorithm that came out, I think this year, and it's way, way easier than Facebook ads, you don't have to do all the custom audiences and all the different factors that go into it. What is Etsy paid, you know, paid ads look like? Yeah, so we kind of touched on it earlier. Etsy recently partnered with some tech dude that like literally blew up their ads platform. So unlike Facebook business manager, you have to like test all these creatives and you're putting money on different ad sets with Etsy. You're just putting money down on the listing. So like you're betting on the listing, the individual listing based off of the photo that you put in the keywords. So you basically just go in there, you give Facebook 20 bucks and you say, okay, I want to run ads on this listing, this listing, this listing, whatever listings you want, right? You're spending 20 bucks a day and then Etsy's going to spend that $20. And every time you get a click, you're going to have to pay for that click up until you reach your budget, which is what we said, 20 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. so super, super simple. And so, but what Etsy does for you, it doesn't only just do, do like in-house advertising where like your ad will show up like when you search up um inside etsy like go on etsy inside search etsy, right you go into etsy search and you search pillowcase mm -hmm. um, it's not only going to advertise and push yours to the top where it will be like one of the, the first four like an ad right what etsy also does it's it does second party and third party sh like advertisement for you so they advertise on facebook for you they advertise under etsy but they'll advertise your products with your ad spend on facebook on instagram on third party like partner platforms or whatever so you will see your etsy ads like get pushed to facebook and instagram with their own pixel and their own algorithm or whatever but yeah, wow. so you don't have to do any of it. You're literally just like betting on the listings that you want and then letting it do the work for you. So that's super cool. Yeah. Awesome. So in, in regards to e-commerce in general, Etsy, Shopify, your expertise, right? Is there anything that is super, super valuable that someone getting started into this should know about that I haven't asked you about yet? Um yeah just there's a learning curve like there's a learning curve just like with any business model whether you're doing real estate whether you're doing agency work you know and just know that and just know that that's like part of the process and like the more you learn the more you know how to do the thing the more money you're gonna make so um if you're not if you don't consider yourself like a tech person or an online person right if you're transitioning from brick and mortar to you want to be online because everybody's online like if your money is going to be coming from online, you have to become an online person. Like you have to become tech savvy or whatever you want to call it. Like, you, and just, I don't know. When I first started, I would spend 16 hours a day, just like researching stuff, staring at my computer, not making any money, but just like teaching myself random skills of like online marketing, how to build websites, how to do email marketing, how to do chop chat bar marketing, like all these crazy weird avenues of like making money online. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's just like learning anything. Like it's, an, it's like learning a language or learning how to read code. Like once you learn it, once it makes sense, anything you learn moving forward is going to be that much easier because you just, you speak the language now. If that makes sense, you know? Totally. Totally. So go into it with the right expectations. This is not, you know, you're not going to turn into a six figure per month store in two months knowing nothing. You've got to learn. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a, a semi-personal question if, if you're okay with it. Uh, I know, I know that uh, we almost couldn't record today because you've been a little bit sick the past, I don't know, week, <laughs> week, week or so. Um, so do you want to kind of share what's going on and share kind of your experience with that? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I have coronavirus right now. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so happy I could be it's, one of the first one on your podcast with coronavirus. Yeah. It's, it's been the hype this year. So Woo! Um, yeah, it's, I felt like shit and now I'm just tired. I just feel really tired. I cannot taste or smell. And this is like my ninth day in quarantine. I haven't left my house. I'm like a really crazy busybody. I'm always here. I'm in the office. I normally drive like 120 miles a day, just picking up product, doing whatever the hell I do. I don't know. But yeah, it's been weird just sitting at home all day working from home. And yeah, okay. I feel good. Okay. <laughs> have, have you, uh, and then I'm just trying to get an understanding because obviously you're in, you're in your like early mid twenties, right? Just yeah. so people can understand. Um, is this, the, the, the sickest you've ever been? Is this like comparable with the flu? Like what's the experience life? I, I like, I'm really just curious. I mean, at no point was I like, this is the worst I've ever felt in my life. Like I've definitely been sicker and felt worse. I mean, it definitely wasn't like fun. Like you just feel like the body aches, you feel tired, you get hot and cold, hot and cold, just like a fever. It's not the worst. Um, I'm 20, I just turned 25. Um, but my parents actually got it too. All my friends got it too. Uh, <laughs> we all got it. So they're okay. um, definitely older and they definitely feel like they have like some pre, pre, what is Ex it? Pre-existing conditions. Yeah. Pre-existing conditions. Like my stepdad, who's like pretty overweight and yeah. So they, they were definitely like hurting a little bit more than me, but they're good now. Like we're all, we're just a little tired now. We're just waiting for my taste to get, come back or whatever. So, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad it's not uh, as intense and crazy as an experience as you know it's kind of made out to be media wise. So, um, cool. Anything that uh, anything you want to leave with the audience in terms of just overall advice, overall just life lessons, anything that uh, we didn't cover that you like to share? I, you've shared, just so you know, you've shared more than you've over delivered already. Just so oh, you know, you. <laughs> um, but in case, in case, I like to just give you the floor, just in case there's anything else on your mind. Yeah, I guess just like in summary, like if you want to get into e-commerce, if it's something that you're interested about, if you want to make a lot of money, which you can, um, just just try to be self-aware, know the brain bullshittery things that you tell yourself versus like what's actual reality and try to make that separation and that differentiation, differentiation, <laughs> yeah. whatever. make that difference right. in your mind of like what's real and what's fake and your like, what are you telling yourself versus what's like reality? Because it's so much more mental game than it is the physical work of doing it. Um, especially for like these youngins out there, you know, I was like, I mean, I'm still young, but like, you know, people, I know these little kids, you know, 18 year olds, 17 year olds are on the internet. They're like, they're hustling or whatever. And they want to do this. And like, 
you you can you can do it at any age i have friends that are freaking bajillionaires at 20 years old and whatever so it's all possible it's just you know you know what you're up against and know that the bullshit that you tell yourself is going to if you are telling like going through that mental bullshittery phase that i went through like um yeah it's the more you entertain the negative thoughts, the more you entertain the egotistical, shallow reasons of why you can't do something, the longer your journey is going to be to get to where you're trying to go. So just try to know yourself and know that difference, you know, earlier than later. That makes sense. So, yeah. Love it. And trust the process. Trust the process. Hell yeah. I love that. Awesome. Hannah, where can people get to know you better? Where can they follow you? You got a YouTube channel. You got an Instagram. Tell us. Yes, you can follow me on YouTube. Please subscribe. It's Hannah Gardner. And then my Instagram is at Hannah the Homeless. <laughs> Hannah the Homeless. Touche. And then your last name is G-A-R-D-N-E-R? Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Hannah, thank you so much for sharing so much of your experience, your knowledge, everything. Um, this has been super fun talking to you. And uh, I know that people listening are definitely going to get a ton of value from this. So I really, really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure you'll be, uh, you'll be in Columbia soon, or we're going to cross paths, you know, physically very soon. But um, until then, I hope you feel a lot better. And um, we will talk soon. Thank you. <laughs> to, to everybody else listening, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you learned a ton and we will see you guys on the next show.